0: Let's have prayer as we begin. Eternal Father in heaven, we thank you for another day where we can draw breath and enjoy your creation. We ask your blessing on us during this day in the name of your son, amen. You may have heard the story of the farmer who uh, went to church and he was the only one who showed up. And the preacher got up and looked around and said, Well, you know, I guess nobody came today, so we'll cancel the services today. And the farmer said to the preacher, Well, you know, when I go out to feed the cattle, if only one shows up, I feed it. (laughs) And so the, the preacher took that advice and got up on the pulpit and preached a stem-winding sermon for 45 minutes, just really preached away, and after he was done, he used to shake the hand of the farmer, and the farmer said, you know, when only one cow shows up, I don't dump the whole load on him, <laughs> 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 so I'm not going to dump the whole load on you this morning, we'll get have a chance to get to breakfast, and I also want to appreciate Sean and those who've been trying to connect my words with the pictures on the screen. I know that's not always easy. Um, The picture there now, though, I did, well, it's a little hard to see. (coughs) But it is of a uh, Southern Adventist university. Some of you may not have uh, ever seen the university, and I thought it might be nice for you to see the campus of Southern Adventist University. I've been involved in education for a long time, and so <clears throat> I decided I would uh, share with you, really, about Christian education today. <clears throat> and I'm going to start by reading from a book, um, and I This is right out of the book. Our parents were 100% believers in Christian education. Although they had little or no education, both dad and mom were united on a program of Christian education for all nine children. Where did they get this compelling, irresistible urge to have their children in Seventh-day Adventist schools? They certainly did not become indoctrinated in the Ukraine where they came from for there were no Seventh-day Adventist schools there. In those days, there were very few Spirit of Prophecy books published in German. My brother recalls the time our dad and mother returned from camp meeting. They brought with them a light green, hard-covered book, about 120 pages, that changed our future. This little book was probably the first copy in the United States of a German translation which had significant statements from the testimonies about Christian education. Statements like this, and this is in the book uh, Child Guidance at this point. In planning for the education of their children outside the home, parents should realize that it is no longer safe to send them to public school and should endeavor to send them to schools where they will obtain an education based on scriptural foundation. I continue reading in the book, Eldina and Albert, the two oldest, were already enrolled in an elementary school in a local public school. I, the third, was about to begin. Going to church school presented an impossible situation. Dad had homesteaded a tract of land, half a section, in North Dakota, and built a two-story home there that was going to serve them for many years. It didn't take father and mother many weeks to discover at least one option to the problem posed by Ellen White's book. They hitched a team of horses to a buggy and started their search for land near the 7th Adventist church. That posed a problem, but they would not be hindered by this obstacle. They found 160 acres for sale one mile from the church, also the possibility of leasing some pasture land, and perhaps more land to cultivate on a lease basis. They decided to sell their acreage and move the house nine miles to the new place one mile from the church. Now things moved rapidly. In two days, in a few days, two monster steam-propelled engines, there's a picture of a steam-propelled harvest engine, they attached it to the house and dragged the house close to the church, so their kids could go to school, in the uh, and have a Christian education. And my father, who was the one telling this story, uh, said he remembers very clearly the house kind of bogged down on a muddy road while they were trying to pull it to the church and it took them all day to get the house out of the mud and drag it to this new land where they purchased. I have visited the house, actually, in North Dakota. It's still there, and uh, that's where my father and his eight siblings grew up. His, His brother, my uncle, says, as long as the Beats' nine children of elementary school age needed a church school, one was in operation. My father said more than once, if none of the other members send their children to church school, mine will be there. We'll always have a school, even if I have to board the teacher and pay the salary. And one year he did that. My dad used to say he didn't necessarily like the teacher boarding at their house because when he got in trouble at school, he came home and the teacher was there. <laughs> <laughs> and what are the results of that Christian education. It's a little hard to see all of these people, but those are the nine brothers and sisters. My father is uh, on the bottom right. He is a ch- was a church administrator. My uncle was a lifetime pastor. Another uncle was a lifetime educator and hospital administrator. And my aunts married pastors and church workers, all of them involved in the Seventh-day Adventist church. So today we speak about Christian education. Why this emphasis on Christian education? 1 Corinthians 3.18-19 Do not deceive yourselves. If any one of you thinks he is wise by the standards of this age, he should become a fool so that he may be wise. For the wisdom in this world is foolishness in God's sight. What is it really to be educated? To have wisdom? Is it to know how to fix a car or to fix a computer or to install a heart valve? Or is it to know God and be prepared for life? We have standards and we compare ourselves with others. You know, we think maybe we're wise if, our, if we have high SAT scores. But what suggestion does Paul have for the self-deceived person? He should become a fool so he could become wise stupid smart people become a fool so you could become more. how do you become a fool is paul suggesting we forget everything that we know is paul talking about not being able to answer any questions on jeopardy or getting a low sat score no this wisdom is not understanding how computers work it's knowing that it's more than information wisdom is more than information Do you know people who have a high IQ and no common sense? There are a lot of those around. No wisdom. Our schools must be second to none, but let's be careful not to simply measure their effectiveness by SAT scores. You can get all A's and flunk life. I used to meet with the freshmen when I was the president of Southern Adventist University in small groups in my office And one of the speeches I frequently gave to them is, what's more important, IQ or EQ? EQ is emotional intelligence. EQ is the wisdom of living. And that is gained frequently outside of the classroom. Information outside of a moral frame of reference is dangerous. If a man is stealing nuts and bolts from the railroad track, And in order to change him, you send him to a secular university where there's no moral foundation. At the end of his education, he'll steal the whole railroad. (laughs) So we need to have the moral foundation. You just make a smarter thief. I read a book once entitled The Smartest Guys in the Room. You may have seen or heard of the book. And the subtitle is The Amazing Rise and the Scandalous Fall of Enron the smartest guys in the room. They were smart, but they were fools. Worldly wisdom. Solomon pursued, I devoted myself to study and explore wisdom, all that's done under heaven. I've seen all the things that are done under the sun. All of them are meaningless, a chasing after the wind. There's no shortage of information today. If you want information, Google it. You can get just about any information that you want. Information doesn't prevent people from joining ISIS and holy wars. In fact, the internet is a recruitment tool. Solomon said, Yet I surveyed all that my hands had done and all I toiled to achieve, and it was meaningless. Henry Adams said, Nothing in education is so astonishing as the amount of ignorance it accumulates in the form of inert facts. So true education gives meaning to life. True education gives purpose to life and is founded on God's word. It answers questions of who am I, why am I here, and how should I live. For the Lord gives wisdom, and from his mouth come knowledge and understanding, Proverbs 2, 6. In the beginning of wisdom, what does Solomon, Solomon say in Proverbs? The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. Some people say, well, you know, we don't want our children isolated. It's kind of like a in a private school. It's like in a, a greenhouse or a cocoon. They're in an unreal world. They need to be exposed to the world. I make no apology for having a greenhouse. A greenhouse is a good place to grow things. A cocoon is the only place that a butterfly bet- can develop. An incubator is designed to protect the young developing eggs, there'd be no reason to exist if it was not to provide an environment that was different and protective of minds, while at the same time exposing them to ideas they will confront in the world. Martin Luther said, I would advise no one to send his child where the holy scriptures are not supreme. Every institution that does not unceasingly pursue the study of God's word becomes corrupt, I greatly fear that the universities, unless they teach Holy Scriptures diligently and impress them on the young students, are wide gates to hell. Luther was not particularly known for understatement. <laughs> and, uh, and the reality is today in many public universities they are wide gates to hell for the young people there are exposed to Uh, things that they would be better off not being exposed to. And even if they are exposed to them, they're not exposed to them in a moral context or in a context of faith. And so I would encourage you to encourage anyone you know to take advantage of the vast uh, educational system provided by the Seventh-day Adventist Church. And if a young person ever says to you, oh, "It's too expensive. I can't go to Southern Adventist University. I can't go to Andrews University or one of the other schools," tell them the first thing they have to do is at least apply, because you have no idea how many scholarships and so forth are provided at those schools. The sticker price is not the stu- is the pr- it's not the price the students pay. The sticker price is the published price, but. Uh, on average, at Andrews University, I know the average discount is about 40 percent. At Southern, the average discount is less than that, but the tuition is less. So we always argued with them about which one was cheapest <laughs> school to go to. So those words about education I wanted to leave with you this morning. Thank you very much for inviting me to participate with you this weekend. I've enjoyed it very much. Let's have prayer together. Eternal Father in heaven, we thank you for giving us wisdom and information that we can use to live moral lives. Help us to communicate that to each other and to the young people that we're responsible for. In the name of your Son, amen.